0: Guys, nice. it's the Connection Podcast. Uh, <laughs> welcome, everybody, to the Connection Podcast, where in just under an hour we are going to dive into the Bible and come full circle with God and His Word. That was good, man. That was doing? fantastic. A no, little too fast. <laughs> I'm gonna have to figure out where to cut. I'm. I'm gonna leave all that in. No, all of it? No, I'm not gonna leave all. That in. All, <laughs> all right. Hey. If you guys are listening for the first time, welcome and thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, if you guys are listening for the umpteenth time, where'd that word come from? I'm, I'm honestly, this is the first time I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that. Must be a Midwest thing. You've been
1: watching too much Up podcast. Hey, hey. Hearing too much hey podcast.
0: shout out to the Baymaw podcast because it's fantastic. Y'all should go listen to it right now. Um, well, if, and then listen to us. And yeah, yeah. Well listen to us first, but then go yeah, listen to the app. Get more context. <laughs> yeah. Honestly though. No, those guys are great. Marty Solomon and Brent Billings. Go it listen to them. It'll change guys. your life.
1: Hopefully we could go cycling with y'all soon.
0: Yeah. Marty. Hey, yeah. That's my boy. Track through <laughs> Oh, we are just having too much fun at the beginning of this episode. But hey, if you guys are listening and have been listening, we thank you for the support. Thank you guys for liking and tagging and subscribing and and no, hitting that notification bell and all that kind of good stuff. So yeah. we are in a series. We're going to jump in. We're in a series called The Sixth Man where we are discovering what it looks like for preparation, responsibility, and legacy for uh, people in the Bible and what it looks like to be a successor and, and get yourself out of the way and all these different things. Mm. So hopefully you guys have listened to the uh, overview episode and the introduction to understand where we're all coming from with this or where we're coming from with all of this. So, if you haven't, go back, listen to that, and then come back to this one. Because today we are going to be talking about Elijah and Elisha. <laughs> Same person? No. Two different people, very similar names. Elijah. Elijah. With the J? Elijah. With the J. J versus S. Elias and Eliseo. Hey, that's a good segue into the next episode, too. Jesus and the Holy. Ugh, no, sorry. That's Jesus and John the Baptist. I oh, was stay... Never mind.
1: They both start with J. Yeah,
0: they do. JJ's. JJ which we'll get into the next one. So, but today, Elijah and Elisha, let's jump in. First Kings 19, 19 to 21 says this. So Elijah went from there and it found Elisha, son of Shaphat or Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother. Goodbye. He said, and then I will come with you. Go back. Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and give it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. So um, stick around to the end of the episode because we're actually going to talk about this a little bit more and how it relates to the call of Jesus and his disciples and the, the very, very similar process with all of this. So let's jump into Elijah first. And in our typical fashion for this series, we're going to start with his preparation. Um, It's interesting because we have no backstory to Elijah. He just kind of appears in First Kings and prophesies that there's going to be a drought for, what is it, three years? Yeah. Three years?
1: Like, this is a side tangent, my bad.
0: It's just crazy how the Bible be
1: doing that, like, like movies. Like, out of nowhere, like, you know how a movie starts out of nowhere, you'll be like. Like 450 BC. Yeah, 450 BC, and then you just see Elijah's hand. Right, they're all wrinkly and dirty and stuff, and then like, he, <laughs> he just be walking, bro. And then you just hear him start speaking Arabic. I mean, not Arabic. Uh, whatever they Hebrew? speak, he- Hebrew. Yeah.
0: My bad. My bad. <laughs> no, but that's how this is. We just we jump in, and here's Elijah, this crazy dramatic prophet. And he's like drought for three years, and we're just like, hold up, where'd he come? From? Like, who are you? And so this was challenging to figure out what his preparation was because we have no idea. It's not in the Bible. We don't know anything. About him up to this point, but what we can infer because Elijah was one of—he's considered the most dramatic prophet. He's one of the greatest prophets of all time. Um, he appears later with Jesus and Moses at the Transfiguration on the mountain. So he's a, he's a big time guy. He has a lot of uh, a stake and a lot, clout. A lot of clout. Hey, that's a good word. I like that. He has a lot of clout in this story. So I guess what we can. Uh, infer from all this is that developing a relationship with God first produces greater fruit in your life. Mm. Because had Elijah not been spending time with God and following the call and obeying God and doing what he was supposed to be doing, like we've talked about before, um, Elijah would not have done these crazy, crazy miracles that he did. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and note that being a prophet basically means hearing God's voice and how mm-hmm. can you hear someone's voice if you're not in a relationship with them? So that's good. No, I like it. Yeah. My, my breast thing. <laughs> no dude. <All>
2: right. <laughs> grab the mic. I got, I got some, I got
0: some mints and gum over there. If you want some, you can go grab some. Starbucks mints. <laughs> no, they ain't, they ain't Starbucks mints. Uh, <laughs> um, a quick little analogy that goes along with this, right? Because in order to produ- produce fruit, if we think about like a fruit tree, Tree's not started as a tree, it starts as a seed, right? It grows underground, it sprouts, it develops, and the last thing it does is bear fruit, right? So that's, and we always want to get to that process of bearing fruit, but it's like, as we've learned, there's so much preparation and process that we have to go through. You gotta dig out the dirt. Yeah, go back to episode one for that. I
1: remember listening to that.
0: Yeah, shout out to our very first podcast episode. How, much, how far we've come since, look at that. Look at this, making videos and doing all like we got four of it. This is crazy, man. This is Thank God. So, but again, you know, just be underground, be hidden, be prepared because that's where that fruit will come from. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't bear fruit at all. So we, we understand this with Elijah that um, if you guys go through and read First Kings, you'll understand why we say he's a crazy prophet because he was <laughs> not in like a insane, but just a, it was insane what he did.
1: Is this on Elijah or Elijah? Elijah. Oh, Elijah. What yeah,
0: yeah, the first guy, number one. So, anything else on that, guys, on preparation? Again, we don't know much, but... Nah?
1: I, I think you just hit it right on okay. the point. Like, he, you could tell he had a relationship with God. By what?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus said, too, like, by their fruit, you will recognize them as my disciples, right? And so, yeah. we see that with Elijah and many other people throughout the Bible, so... All right, then let's move on. Number two, responsibility for Elijah was that God still has work for us to do even when we feel fear and when we feel like a failure, failure or when we feel like we're alone. Um, in the midst of all that, God actually says you're not alone and you still have work to do. So, you know, keep pushing, keep going. I, th- I think with this, it's really that like when you feel those kinds of things the most, when you do feel afraid about stepping into something new or doing something God has maybe planted in your heart to do, like... That's actually a sign that you need to lean in more mm-hmm. and depend on God more. God's not putting things in your heart so that you, you can do it. He's putting those things in your heart so that you can do it with him. And that so he can get glory from your life and from the fruit that you're producing. Uh, so with Elijah, what we see, where we see this happening, uh, one of the, I guess, more well-known stories from Elijah is that he goes up to Mount Carmel, like <clears throat> challenges all the 850 false prophets from King Ahab and Jezebel. And he's like, Hey, uh, y'all come up. We'll do a trial by fire. And whoever God, who, whoever's God answers by fire is a real God. Uh, long story short, they do this crazy, surprise, surprise. <laughs> like this crazy thing they go through. Again, go read it for yourself because it's insane. Um, God answers by fire, burns it up, and Elijah kills all 850 false prophets. But see, and then thereafter, he gets this death threat from Jezebel, and he runs away. He flees the horror. He's scared. And it's like, how, how is it that in our lives we go through the same thing, where we see something great happen with God? I mean, now's a perfect example, right? We, we go through, we have faith, and we're, we're strong, and all of a sudden something happens, and we just like run away in fear. We're just like, what do we do? Yeah. You know? I'm sorry, I'm talking so much on this.
1: No, you're fine, bro. Keep it
0: up. Um, yeah. So, so God goes in, uh, or Elijah flees. God comes to him. Um, we have an episode where we talked about you know the, the voice of God called. Is that you, Lord? Go listen to that one too. Where I don't
1: know why is that you, Lord? Always reminds me of like a Veggie Tale like like episode because they name it some stuff like that. You know, yeah, is that you Lord, and they have like the, Anyways, I'm so sorry.
0: You're good. Hey, shout out to VeggieTales. Yes, VeggieTales are great. Got Larry in the flesh. And who is it? Bob That's Tomato? Bob the Tomato. <laughs> <laughs> Bob the Tomato. Larry boy. What was it you said, Matt? If, if I'm Larry, who does that Bob make Larry, you? It's easy. that makes you. And I was like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, again, you know, when God will still have work for us to do or, or God still has a calling for us to to go through when we feel um, like we're afraid and we can at least do it. Where's that man going? What you doing? Oh, he's getting some like tissue or something. All right. (laughs) Matt has left the picture. He'll be back. So, and oh, that's, that's going to pick up on the mic. I hope. (laughs) Um, Maybe we can just talk about this real quick. What do you guys think with like, How have you guys experienced when God says, like, you need to keep going, even though you feel like you can't? Because I'm tired of talking. To be honest, it gets tough. Like,
2: when God tells you to keep going, even though you've already seen the fruits of your own labor and the fruits of God's labor, sometimes you're just, you kind of just sit back and you, I mean, we're all human, so at least for me, If you heard the Saul episode, I'm pretty sure Saul kind of felt the same way in a lot of ways and was like, yo, God, if you did it already, just do it again the same way you did it. But like, here's the thing is like when we sing those songs like do it again or whatever, he is going to do it again. It's just that it's not going to be the exact same way. It just can't be. God never does the same thing like that. He can put situations that look similar and the situation might be the same, but the outcome of how you're going to get there is always going to be just a little bit different. <clears throat> and the reason for that is because it's growth with us. So I think this was kind of one of those situations where Elijah was like, Elijah just witnessed God torching 800 people. Yeah. Like, you know, just, oh, like, just imagine someone with a flamethrower just firing up 850 people. You know, and it's that's crazy. That's a savage move. And ooh, that's a good title. Okay, anyways. <laughs> savage move. Savage moves. Ooh, that's a good series. That's a good series. Yeah. You heard it here first. Let me write that one down real <laughs> anyways. Yeah, that's like Michael Jackson. <laughs> Jackson's. Anyways. Um. So for Elijah to like witness that. And then for Jezebel to like call out a decree to like kill him, I'm thinking, okay, you just witnessed God killing 850 people in front of you. Now that this girl comes at you and says I'm gonna kill you, you're like, now you're scared. Doesn't Telling you sense. the power of a woman.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's crazy. Um, no, it's and it's it's just scary to to him that it's like. How do you fear that, bro? You're literally you just witnessed this you just witnessed this. Now some girl comes and tells you, I'm gonna kill you, and now you're all scared. Yeah. But that's 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 honestly that's honestly us. We can witness God doing something super incredible in our lives. And then one little thing come and like try to knock us down and we're we'd fall to the floor all dramatic. (laughs) Oh God, I can't do any of this. Like you know, we turn into a soap opera. Yeah, finished? I'm done, bro. Go ahead. You-
1: that was good. Izzy. Sorry, bro. I, <laughs> I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: repeat the question. I know it, but just repeat. No, it we're just, time. we're just talking about like, why, like of a time, how, how have you like experienced when God tells us to keep going, even though we don't feel like it or we're afraid or like we, we feel like we can't do it or like a failure or alone or whatever.
1: Yeah, I I relate to Elijah a lot in this, um, and what Izzy was said, or what he just said, was so good. Uh, I think, cause I'm, if I'm gonna be real and transparent over here, uh,
0: which is what we like on this uh, on this podcast.
1: Yeah, I've seen I've seen my other brother. So okay, it's just crazy how the, his reason was because he saw how other the other prophets were getting killed. So he basically took his focus off what God was doing in his life and put it onto uh, what God wasn't doing on other people's what? lives. And that's a real place because uh, my bro- my older brother he's he you know I've, ever since I've grown up with him like he's been like serving at church, he was serving at church and doing all this stuff, but um, him and I are not very close cuz there's a pretty big uh, gap on age difference, but I started seeing his life not go too well. In the last few years or whatever, and there's a lot of reasons. But besides that, it's I'm like I started thinking like God, like I've seen Him as you know a young boy, like how He served you and stuff, and like His life has just gone south in a sense. Um, and that brought fear to me because I'm like I'm here doing your what I feel like you're calling me to do. Like, how do I know that's not going to happen to me? Right. You know, and that's where Elijah was. He was like, "I'm doing what you've been calling me to do," but Jezebel has killed so many prophets already. How do I know I'm not the next?
0: Hmm.
1: You know, and it's because he had his focus on what God didn't do for the other people, and not, I'm not saying that God didn't come through for the other prophets, but God works in mysterious ways. Right. We can never know why God does things for others and doesn't do things for others. You know, um, but it it's a real place, and like honestly, I've thought about that. I'm like is this even worth it? Like, do I just go get a nice job and stop trying to do ministry? Because, because if I go get another job and try to do it within my own power, I know that at least I'll have an average life, you know, and I don't mean about belongings. I just mean like on what I do with my life, fulfillment, you know, purpose. And like, but you know, it is a scary place. And like, but honestly, I can't think about doing anything else. So, you know, it is scary, but
0: God's good. Even if you did decide to do something else, God would pick you up and like Jonah, make, swallow you in a whale or something. <laughs> so, um, you know, with, with this kind of stuff, because it is, a, it is a very real place, like you're saying, Matt, because we do have times where we feel alone in what we're doing. We feel like God's kind of just focusing on everyone else, and we're just kind of left here to fend for ourselves. But mm-hmm. that's actually not the case. It's, it's never the case, because the Bible says that God is n- will never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah. Right. You're right. We, we, oh, he's always with us. He's always um, leading us and guiding us. It's just a matter of us. Like we're not always going to feel it either. And I think that was an issue with Elijah was that he was so used to seeing and experiencing God in physical ways that all of a sudden now it's like God's maybe not necessarily. Like, he's not just going to like smite Jezebel right on this threat. He's going to let Elijah kind of sweat a little bit. Yeah. He's going to let him kind of go to that place where it's like, are you still going to like, yeah, I, I've chosen you to do these great things. But are you still going to follow me and obey me when you don't feel me? Yeah. Right. And we understand this when, um, again, Elijah flees to Horeb and he, he experiences God in a physical way from the, the whisper um, where God's like, I'm not in the wind. I'm not in the earthquake. I'm not in the fire. I'm in this. I'm right next to you. I'm intimate with you. I, I'm so close to you that I, I can whisper and you can hear me yeah right goodness that, that's so crazy because he's a prophet right right
1: that's his biggest thing that he hears from God and uh, I think Elijah was getting to a point where he thought the miracles was the biggest signs and wonders yeah and it's like no the biggest miracles that good. you get to hear my voice yeah that I'm close to you yeah and 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 God had to remind him like that's not the miracle I could do all this stuff this hocus pocus stuff
0: that's not the miracle the miracles me speaking to you. Bro, it's just like the Israelites when they cross the Red Sea, right? Like it's just it's the same thing and just is a different form. Like God literally parts the Red Sea. Yeah. And the Israelites are like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like, and they keep going through this thing where it's like, we want more, we want more, we want more. We we want the same thing God has always done. That's yeah. what we want. And we say, God, I want, I want to like hear your voice in a profound way that I heard before. Or I want to see these miraculous things happen as you have done them before. God's like, I'm right here. Yeah. Like, you don't need that when I'm this close to you. Exactly. And it's like, honestly, like, God's not a... Because
1: I grew up in those churches where they're all about power and the Holy Spirit and stuff. There's nothing sure. wrong with that. Right. But when it gets to the point of, like, you you think it's all about that. And, like, I, I really got an understanding of this when when I was reading... Uh, somewhere in matthew about where god where jesus feeds five thousand mm-hmm. and like we all get caught up in the miracle right he yeah. f- there's five thousand people that got fed off of two fish and three loaves or whatever and god was like no that's not the miracle like mm-hmm. the miracle is like the heart transformation what's happening you know and like that was the he miracle was that up. i mean it was a miracle but it was symbolic to what was greater yeah. you know how people are getting fed through now spiritually and mm-hmm. stuff and it's like and, and and it's just crazy because even a few days ago, I I was rereading that passage and it says before all that, it says that Jesus, before he even, you know, he saw he first saw the five thousand coming, and it says that he felt compassion for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's like, so all that, like, you know, the miracles, the great signs, the healings and all that, that's great. But if like you don't have compassion for the people. And we saw a little bit of Elijah, he kind of was taunting them. Yeah. And he got caught up. He got power. Uh, he got power hungry. Power trip. Trip. And cause he's like, yeah, I got all this power. And it's like, but yeah, you're also killing people. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, God could do all that, but it's like, he, he really wants to get to the point. And that's the hard
0: issue of stuff. Yeah. it's good. Um, so real quick, uh, just to give you guys some scripture for this is 1 Kings 19. Um. I'm just going to read uh, kind of out of context, but verse 18, again, where God's basically reaffirming to Elijah that he's not alone, where God says, yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. This is after Elijah has said in verse 14, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, right? He's, he's, Elijah is generalizing. The Israelites, all of them, have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Yeah, and that's where God comes in and says, "Yeah, no, there's still seven thousand people in Israel that have not bowed the knee to Baal. Yeah, like you're not alone in this, right? And again, when you feel like it's time to give up, when you feel like I can't do anymore, lean into God more in that moment, like whatever that means. Like if you have to pray more, if you have to read more, if you have to just spend time in God's presence more, then lean into Him further. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And again, uh, number three, legacy with Elijah. This is not about you, the one we always go to because um, everything that we're going through in life is not for us. So um, back in the same passage, 1 Kings 19 and verse 16, God says to Elijah, Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Mahola, to succeed you as prophet. Right. So God's like, it's, it's time for the next person in line to step up, to get ready, to get prepared, and to become your successor.
2: I was going to say, real quick, go for it. Like what you're saying, like, you know, how we ask the question, like, how do you feel like being like Elijah? Well, I'm just going to say, if you're feeling like Elijah right now, in the sense of whatever you're going through, like with what Matt said and what Noah said, I think this is an important time for you guys to realize that you got a whole bench full of people ready to work. Hmm. So.
0: Who are you talking to? Matt
2: and I? No, I'm talking oh, to whoever's listening. All the people. I thought you were talking about yeah. Matt and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Because if you're feeling like, you guys are talking about like feeling like Elijah. Yeah. But like, we also have to remember there's a whole sideline full of people the
0: whole army ready basically. that are ready
2: to do it. So like yeah. if you're in that spot where God is, kind of mentioning to you like hey it's time to get the boot like Mm -hmm. you're gonna be out don't be afraid to like come in which we're gonna go into now but like come in and um essentially have your backup ready which is elisha you know don't be afraid to lean on them because that's i know the bible doesn't talk about it but i'm sure just as any other humans in the world would find someone to confide in
0: you know well, again, because it's not, God's not saying just Elisha. He's not saying just him. He's like anointing all these other people, too, to help you out. Yep. Oscar, can you talk about that a little bit, about like other, like leaning on other people for, for help and stuff? Do you got something to share on that? I'm putting you on the spot, but.
3: Leaning yeah. <laughs> on other people for help?
0: Yeah. Um.
3: I think for me, since I rededicated my life six years ago, I definitely had to have people in my life um to lean on to as far as my my walk with God just because early on I I pretty much like I had a foot in and foot out like I I didn't make my mind like I was a lukewarm Christian back then and um I needed help to people to pull me in like yo like you're in we're not letting you go and they were the ones pulling me like you're gonna go to church every Sunday even if it's for a year and you gotta sit there if you don't want to be there if you sit there for a year that's gonna change you Mm -hmm. and it did So thankfully, I had people on my sideline when I wasn't sure. Like, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm thinking I'm going to do my own thing, you know. But after experiencing what I went through, I don't know. Like, I'm going to try this out too. And thankfully, with God's help, with putting that sideline in my my side of the court, you know, like, they're the ones that pulled me into where I am now. And even now, like, the community that we have, I can definitely say that I've grown so much, like, this last year that I've known you guys in the community that we have, just because it has challenged me in a different way. And, um, that's the biggest thing I think as far as, um, like fear. Sometimes we look at the big picture of like, we have pastors here that you guys are never going to be pastors or worship pastor you right now. And I feel like sometimes we get so caught up in looking at the big picture that we, um, I think we talked about, it. I don't know if it's this one last, last, uh, episode, but enjoying or, uh, taking time to really, um, enjoy those small wins to really reflect on those instead of, um, getting so caught up in the big picture that you're not acknowledging what God's doing in small steps as he's pulling you or pu- uh, pushing you towards the, uh, what he's calling you to. So, but yeah, that's what I have to say though, as far as, uh, people and your sideline and all that.
0: And that's, that's another thing that you're talking about too, is like, it doesn't stop just because you get to that place doesn't mean you are all of a sudden exempt from having to have people help you. Mm-hmm. So always, there's always room for, for people to help push you further, which is what we do. I mean, we, we have conversa- We just had a conversation before all this episode, before this episode started about just different things and how like, we just, that's what community is for, is to help keep us accountable, keep pushing share us, struggles. share struggles with each other. And that's what, I mean, a big thing, right? Because we overcome by the, the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony, right? We share what God has brought us through, what Jesus did for us and how he changed us. And that's how we're able to help other people, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So that's Elijah. With the J, Bring my man, Elisha. Here we go. Elisha. The sixth man. Elisha is the sixth man. So Elisha's preparation, right? Um, again, we're kind of like dumped into the story where Elisha's just out in the field. He's plowing with his doing 12 his oxen, doing his thing. If you listen to the lap- last episode, then you understand that this is exactly what David was doing too. He was out in the field tending his sheep. David was. Um, and Elisha is out here doing the same kind of thing. He's doing, being obedient to God, you know, being planted where he's supposed to be. Plowing the fields. Plowing the fields. So again, it's very, very similar to what we said last time with David, uh, is that, you know, keep doing what God has told you to do. And in his timing, he will send for you.
2: They will send for you. He,
0: they, they will send will for, send it. for That's you. That's right. He will send for you, but yeah. He will, he will tell those people to send for you. <laughs> So it's, it's as simple as that, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. And in time, there will be a moment where God gives you and he says, hey, like, let's, it's time, you know? What I love about Eli- Elisha is that he's that
2: type of, like, sixth man that he's ready to, like, like, I've never, m- not, I want to say I would never met someone, but, like, there's a couple of basketball players. I can't really think of them off the top of my head or, like, people that are you know, in sports that will come into a team to be the sixth man. Yeah. For that purpose. For that purpose. And it's so funny because like Elisha reminds me of that because he was just like, he's like, I'm technically not going to be the leader, but I know I'm going to be like, be preparing for
0: it. I'll be there one day.
2: And he's like, I'll be there one day. But, um, but he's like, he knows that his time is coming for more preparation like for serious mm. preparation so when Elisha, Elijah comes over and throws the cloak over him he's like oh he got so excited he's it's like time. it's time it's time he goes and signs his contract he's gonna be spending time with Elijah time, time for what though what do, you mean, what do you mean time so what time I don't know what time time
0: Just, <laughs> <laughs> it's so 9 cool. o'clock in the morning so cool. Uh, What? What time is it? Yeah, what what time? What time did he do what? No, like so you're saying that Elijah comes and throws his cloak over Elisha to do what? He just he knows. What does Elisha know? He
2: knows. He's like, oh my God. Elijah just threw his cloak over me. And we said it's
0: time. It's time. It's time for Elisha to do what? to burn everything. <laughs> no, no, no. It's time for I mean, el- yes, but no. It's time
2: for Elijah to start his preparation on becoming the prophet
0: that God is going to set up for after Elijah. So what you're saying is that while Elisha is out in the field preparing, he get, he then gets called to then go do more preparation.
2: Yeah. But see, there's a difference two. Di- in my opinion, there's two different preparations. Yes. There's the I preparation in the dark room. Yep. And then there's the preparation where you're being
0: squeezed ah. and you're
2: being crushed and you're actually now in the game.
0: Hey, thank you for such a great segue into the responsibility, because if you're being squeezed, that requires something, right? It requires sacrifice Gosh. and it requ- requires commitment. Right. You can't be called and then say, I'll be here on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't work like that. You got to show up. Right. People who are called, I don't really watch basketball or know the context, but whoever is called to be a six man, right. That person that comes in, they have to practice as if they were going to be leading. Yeah. They have to practice as if they're already doing it because when the time comes and it might be sooner than later, then they have to be ready. So Elijah calls Elisha and anoints him. puts a cloak on him and all that kind of stuff and and says, all right, come with me and just watch what I do, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's what Elisha does.
2: Well, I mean, another good example of a six man that reminds me of Elisha is, again, I know we're talking a lot about basketball in this series. What's the point. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, if y'all know, okay, Kawhi Leonard, he, in my opinion, reminds me of Elisha. In being a six-man to where he becomes the man. How? Because.
1: Oh, that's a good one. I forgot he was. He's so good of an all-star now that you
2: forget. You forget he that he's even an all-star, star. yeah. Or that he was a, a, yeah. a six-man. I oh forgot, bro. But like, <laughs> but, like, when he was with the San Antonio Spurs, he was a six-man. Like, he, he played maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes. That's really nothing in basketball when you're playing with the four periods, yeah, yeah. but like, so he played that, he got a ring. He was a part of the team, but like, he still was a six man to a certain extent. Like they couldn't rest the team on his shoulders. Like they do now. Like, like the Toronto Raptors did with him. But here's the thing is that like his preparation, just like Elisha was in the sense that he's doing it kind of in a dark room. Mm. So no one really know, knew Kawhi Leonard. Like his name wasn't popular. I mean, other than San Antonio, but, like, no one really knew Kawhi Leonard in the basketball world. They weren't talking about him. They were still talking about Tim Duncan, who was still there overshadowing him. The Elijah, I guess, of his, of that time. And then he becomes the, the, the leader. But he becomes the leader kind of now in the open like Elisha is. Mm. Mm. But he's still in that preparation because all of the merit, all of the, I guess, miracles that you could say, or or the good doings of like Tim Duncan and all the other teams on all the other people on his team with the San Antonio Spurs. They still, in my opinion, they still don't match up to that one corner three that he took. You know what I'm talking about? The corner three Whoa, that he took, yeah, against the oh, Suns.
1: I hate the Spurs because of that, Dude, bro. I don't, I don't know what they're talking about. Ooh, I was all right, let me tell you why. I was watching that game uh, in my boy's Oscar house. I was riding over here like I don't know
0: what they're talking about. We're watching
1: that game in my boy's house, and then Steve Nash. I remember Steve Nash hit a, a clutch three before that. I was like, all right, we we, we kind of we're like in this <laughs> still, and then out of nowhere, I think it was who? uh Geno Auriemma, yeah, which is another great six man. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. He goes in, in and then he drives it in, and then he... Tim Duncan, out of all the places, he's in the three-point. I'm like, all right, Tim Duncan, he ain't going to hit that, because you know He just passes it to him, and then out of nowhere... Drained it. He pulls up, and I see the ball. I'm like, yeah, I say, it's Tim Duncan. He ain't hitting no three.
2: (laughs) But, like, the part that... That is incredible to me Is in my opinion I loved that three And it was great oh, yeah, And it was
1: It wasn't against your team
2: Well yeah but <laughs> And it was great you know it was great But it was memorable But the What about the three That Kawhi took Recently To get to the Finals You know what I'm talking about Yeah Again Was it the Clippers Yeah When he took this crazy three And like He took the shot He was falling over He was smothered Like Blocking wise, and he made it like. But the funniest thing is that the ball, like, when it went in, it kind of like bounced forward and then went this way and was like gonna fall out, but it cut like just fell right in. Hmm. But like, what I'm trying to say is, I know I'm talking about basketball, I'm happy <laughs> about it, but like, what I'm trying to say is, is like Kawhi Leonard had a preparation hmm. in the dark, right? When no one knew his name, hidden, hidden in San Antonio. And then when he became a starter at San Antonio, he still was in a way not really known, but that was his second preparation to now who he is with, who he was, who he was with Toronto Raptors and with the um, Clippers. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible. Like, so when we as Christians look at our walk, you're going to have, maybe... <laughs> you'll have your three. You'll have... Yeah, you'll take your, your three. Oh, more. Well, you're going to have... A few maybe, threes. You're probably going to have... In order to take the three, you'll probably have three preparation seasons. Yeah.
0: <laughs> three, three, three. Just no, I, You know, we wrote down for this with Elisha, is that responsibility, responsibility requires sacrifice and commitment, which it does. We see that with when he burns his equipment, gave his food to the people, followed Elijah, um, follows Elijah all through until his death. But I think even like this is kind of like a bonus thing but like on top of that it's that prepared to go preparation leads to preparation it just seems like that it seems like you're preparing in one way but god's gonna then take you into another place where you're preparing for something else and it's just like be prepared to get prepared it's such a strange concept but i think what you guys are saying is that's totally necessary where it's like there's a season where god calls you and he wants you to be with him right that's like kind of like a first call where it's like Hey, hey, just be with me. <laughs> what?
1: Just look like the dark there, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matt you <Steve's> just like. <laughs> oh my put my, let me put my mask on real quick. <laughs> um. Virus season, baby. I totally lost my train of thought on that. Basically, like, there's a season where God calls you to be prepared, and then he's going to take you through more preparation underneath somebody to get you prepared even more. So. so, basically, you're never finished. You're never finished. That's right. And that leads us to the next point, which is this is not about you with legacy yeah. because it never ends with you. And Elijah, Elisha realized this because he did greater works than Elijah. Right before Elijah was taken up into heaven in that fiery chariot, uh, Elisha was like, hey, like, I want your double portion. And Elijah's like, well, that's a lot you're asking, but What's you can do it. What the guts for Elisha to ask that? Right. Like, knowing, we didn't talk about this yet, but like, Elisha had to know who Elijah was. Yeah. That's why he is so adamant and so quick to respond to his call because he's like, oh, this is the guy.
2: I mean, let's be real, guys. If someone came and threw a cloak on you in the middle of Walmart, would you be <laughs> like, like you oh, God's calling me? Or would you guys be like, who's ready to fight? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what is going
0: <laughs> who on? Who wants right? smoke?
1: Double the trouble,
0: bro. <laughs> Double the trouble. And it's so, it's so fascinating that, like, I, you know, we were talking about this before, but it's like that moment where Elisha is standing there. Elijah's gone. He's just like, what do I do now? Right? <laughs> now now I am not the sixth man. Now I'm, I'm carrying I'm the, the man. I am the man. I'm, I'm carrying all of this. And he's like, what do I do now? And so what does he do? He does exactly what he's seen Elijah do. I got my prop for
2: this one. Now start the dribble.
0: Hold up. Right, so he takes the towel that was folded up. Y'all can read this. Takes the towel that was folded up right before they had just done this. Elijah did this, and he smacks the water. That was a you ter- smacks the water, and the water parts right. And the first thing that Elijah does is he grabs. <laughs> Good call. Good call. Uh, he does the same thing. He's like, well, let's see if it works. And he smacks the water again, and it does the same thing. And that's it's like it's like God kind of telling him like, hey, like this is your time. Right. It's almost like God gives him that signal where it's like, are you ready? Like you wanted to do you wanted that and you better be ready for what you've asked, for, asked to do, which is really crazy because Elijah or e-
1: yeah, Elisha mm-hmm. was ass. going through Elijah in a season and learning all the stuff that he was doing and like all the stuff he went through because he went through it, too. Yeah. And to ask because it's kind of like the whole like Spider-Man shout out Spidey. Um where he says where he's like one. when more power comes more responsibility. Yeah. So it's like sometimes we over here look at our preacher and be like, "Man, God, give me the double portion of Stephen of Stephen Furtick. It's like, "Are you pre- Are you prepared like, to go really? double the trouble too though because like because you, you don't see the stress on his life because of some situation." But like that means they're going to ask for also double the trouble. And that's why mm. Elijah was like, "Are you sure? This yeah. is what you want?" And he's like, "It was it was guts. It was big guts cuz yeah. he's like, "You know what? Yeah, I'm ready for it." Like this Like he wasn't ignorant to that. He was yeah. like he was willing to put up with more because he was
0: willing to do it for the people exactly because he knew it wasn't about him he's like i have seen what he can do and i want i want to do the same thing i want to i want these people to know god's power and who mm-hmm. he is mm-hmm. um so really how are we doing on time matt where are we at 39 39? all right we're, we're fine few more minutes here, guys. Stick with us because um, we're wrapping up. So Elijah, right? There's, two, there's kind of a contrast here, but the same, right? They're two different people, but they're pretty much doing the exact same thing, just in different ways. And this is really God showing the people himself in two different ways. So Elijah is this kind of fiery confronter, right? He was all about the fire, like, like obviously with the prophets on the Mount Carmel and all that kind of stuff. The fiery confronter who exposed idolatry so people could freely worship God, right? He's basically setting the people free to do this. Elijah comes and he's like, y'all are oppressed. It's not right. You need to be able to worship God freely. I'm here to do that for you, to help you with that. Elisha then, his legacy builds on top of this. Yeah. The compa- so Elisha is the compassionate one who demonstrated God's powerful and caring nature to all who come to him for help, Yeah. right? We see that through Elisha's life. And so it's, it's, it's not like restarting and doing the same thing that the, the other person did. It's actually building on top of that and saying, I'm going to actually now show a different side of God and who he can be and who he is for you, for everyone, right? Who comes to him. Yeah, that's good. So, all right. Um, real quick, this is going to lead into the next next episode. Our, the bonus point for everyone listening who's stuck with this this far. Thank you, guys. So, there is a, in the story that I read at the beginning from First Kings 19,
2: some foreshadowing. Happening. There
0: is a lot of foreshadowing and a lot of crazy parallels between this story of the call of Elisha from Elijah and how Jesus calls his disciples and what like all this looks like. So um, that verse says that Elijah found Elisha, right? Just as Jesus, he's seen us before we even see him, like he found us before we were even looking for him. Um, it says that Elisha was plowing with 12 teams of oxen and that Obviously, there's 12 disciples, right? That, that represents an order and a structure, right? There's a, an order to do things. Um, but also that Elisha was plowing last. And Jesus said, the last shall be first, right? He's putting himself behind everything, saying, I'm... It's like a, a wolf pack kind of mentality, right? A wolf pack when they... Shout out to Levi Lusco for telling me all this. A wolf pack when they travel, they put the weaker ones up front to lead. Yep. And the strong ones at the back because they don't want to leave the weak ones behind, mm-hmm. right? So Elijah understands this, and he's like, I'm going to be at the back to actually make sure that everyone else is Pushing forward. being pushed forward, exactly. Yeah. Um, so then Elijah throws his cloak across Elisha, right? This is the choosing process. This is the anointing process. This is uh, Jesus choosing us and going up to these disciples and saying, hey, come follow me, yeah. right? I'm choosing you, and here's the thing. And Jesus kind of just walked away probably. Maybe they had a little bit of a conversation, but... Um, he basically was saying, "This is a choice." Elisha had every right to be like, "Nah, like I don't want to follow this way," right? Because God said, "Yes, anoint him," but it's ultimately up to us if we choose to follow him. Yeah. Just as Jesus said, "Hey, follow me." And maybe he, maybe there's points. I mean, I don't want to like add into scripture, but maybe there were times where Jesus called somebody and they were like, "I don't know."
2: Mm. <laughs> 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 what? I'm sorry, I'm just. I'm thinking on that, like, I I get what you're saying, like, if he called someone, but I'm just going to be real (laughs) and kind of disagree, because if the Lord Almighty, Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. if he came right now in the flesh and called my name and was like, stop acting a fool with all of this, you know, dang well, I drop everything. (laughs) Yeah, But... That's because Jesus is in the flesh. Right. So like, uh, it was kind of, hold on, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, bro. It was (laughs) kind of one of my, it was kind of one of my points from back then um, that I was making when all the Mm -hmm. mics were not being recorded, that like some people being called to ministry or being called to this, um, by this I mean following God Mm -hmm. and for his purpose in your life, it should scare people
0: yeah and <laughs> absolutely it should you i rem- better be scared <laughs> <I> remember- <laughs> in a good way
2: i remember asking i remember asking um I usually ask my dad a lot of these questions, but I remember asking my dad and I was like, why is it that the Bible doesn't show or tell you why the disciples were just so easily like ready to just do it mm-hmm. like we we exalt them in the sense that they were able to be that person to say, Oh, here I like, here I am. Like, just take me. But that's not really the case. Like, and then we also talked about, Oh, maybe Je- maybe they knew Jesus before he came to them and talked to them. Like, yeah, that could be a possibility. Yeah. But like the fact that my dad put it into perspective for me, he was like, he was like, well, son, do you feel that you have a, a call to ministry? And I was like, well, I, I, I struggle with it. Yes. I do, but also I also feel I'm scared about it because like it freaks me out because there's a lot of sacrifices that I see that have to be made within going to ministry, and then for for the disciples, I was like, but how is it that the disciples were able to just so right away, just like jump off their boats and just follow Jesus? I mean, some hobo is coming to the shore yelling at some fishermen, <laughs> hey. Put cat put down your nets. Come follow I'm me. I'm gonna make
0: you fishers of men. What?
2: I'm thinking to myself: these guys know that their livelihood depends on catching fish. Right. You gonna put your you gonna put your nets down? You're gonna stop your job so that you can just go follow some guy? No,
0: don't you dare start talking about that.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I'm being serious. But like, Ugh. but my dad's. You're but, throw
1: away that net. No, I'm... don't but tell see here, bro. But, but see here's <laughs> no. But see
2: here's the thing: is that. Jesus was in the flesh right. in front of them, so when he called them out, I'm sure there was something spiritually, yeah,
0: yeah, going on within them, within them,
2: yeah. that they just they were like they like like okay, all right, like that just was that's just I gotta, I gotta do it, yeah, you know, and that was one of the things that was hard for me to understand because it was like, well, the disciples were just so ready to do it. He he was like, well, Jesus was in the flesh; he called them mm-hmm. out. That's like me calling you to go take out the trash. And I'm like, oh, I see what you did, Dad. <laughs> but like, if my dad, but, he, but he, he put that in perspective. He was like, if my dad wasn't there and my dad would just send me a text.
0: you know, I'd do it right away. I'm not going to do it right away. Yeah.
2: Whereas if my dad was in the flesh and told me to take out the yeah. trash and follow those orders, I did. Hmm. So like, but that's where it's like Jesus is fully God, fully human. So that experience in itself for the disciples is like beyond incredible.
0: Yeah. Go I ahead. That. Go ahead.
2: No, I'll probably, <laughs> now, I'm. Oh, I
1: think I. I think what Noah brought up is a good question, mm-hmm. and at first I was like, "Nah, Jesus knew," but it's a good question because I get what you're saying, but I think there has to be there had to be a lot of faith within their part, and I think mm-hmm. it's kind of like what. They heard about Jesus because Jesus was, like, always in synagogues and teaching well. But I don't think he had performed a miracle really yet. Not publicly. Uh, Publicly, at least, you know. So, like, it's not like they heard about his miracles. They just heard about his nice teachings and all that. So, it's not like, to me, I don't think they just saw Jesus like, yep, that's God. Because... There's many times where Jesus had to like explain to them like, yo, I'm God. And they were like, they weren't getting it. You know what I'm saying? So I think it took a lot of faith from their parts because everybody, I think it was just a simple fact that they were chosen by somebody. Mm -hmm. I think it was, if that's what made them feel special, because it's kind of like what Martin told us. It's like back then the rabbis would choose people. And if you, didn't, if you didn't get chosen at an early age, then you would go do a job. Yeah. And it's, that's what they, they were. And it's like, they were just doing a job because they didn't get chosen. But the fact that there is, comes this man and says, you know what? I choose you. Yeah, It kind of like, whoa.
0: Like, hold up. Hold I got up. rejected by all these other people. Yeah, you're, you're choosing saying, me.
1: You're saying, I'm fishing out here, but you're choosing hmm. me. That hits hard. And I think that's how we all can come. Well, that's how I came to Christ. Because like, when he hit me, I'm like, yo, you love me? Like, what is this? Yeah. This is crazy. And I think that's where I, I kind of like see both points now. I'm like, I, I see that too, but I also see what you're
0: saying about like. Yeah, I again, I'm not like adding to the Bible or saying that that happened yeah. because I totally understand what you're saying too. But it's a question of like, we deal with that now more so than they did back then because oh. we're. Sitting, I ignored the call when I first got called into yeah. ministry. And I mean. And I the
1: analogy he brought up about the text and all that. That was
0: good. Right, right. And it's the same kind of thing where God calls you and he's like, hey, like. You should be doing this. You should come follow me and and be a pastor is what that call was for me. And I ignored it. And like, is there a part of me that kind of wishes like, oh, I wish I would would have just gone. Yes. But also, there's also part of me that's so grateful that I didn't go because I would be completely different as a leader and pastor than I am going to be now. I would have been doing it out of a selfish, ambitious way and trying to be like, oh, I would have made it about me is what it would have come down to. My legacy would have been about me. I would have been if like Saul.
1: My bad. I kind of blanked
0: out. You're good. If you would have gone to uh,
1: Bible college.
0: Well, college yeah. College? I th- well, I would have gone to. He answered the call. Yeah. I, the I call think, call, yeah. and and it really dawned on me that it was like, because I had just started, you know, my master's degree and all that kind of stuff. I've talked about that before, but um, it's just interesting how the first call for me, I ignored it, but it's also God used that to then build more of a relationship. Within me and with him and I grew closer to him in that time and so many things happened that I grew and I'm still growing out of things that would have happened had I gone when the first call happened. Yeah. I, that was a lot of happened but kind of Happen what happened. basically what I'm trying to say is that like I'm glad I am where I am and I didn't go because I think I would have made that calling about me. Because I've experienced that recently where it's like my call, it's about my calling, my calling, my calling. God's like, you're actually called to many different purposes. Like it's not just being a pastor. That's one area of your life. So again, with all of this, it's like, you know, there's, uh, it's like, well, he called me. Do I, do I follow immediately? You're like, oh, I'm kind of hesitant. I think we all can get there in that place. I get it.
1: I was in the same place mm-hmm. and, you know, I could get caught up in that same thing. I think we get it so twisted because we, we think as a calling, as like, Oh, I, a calling and now I got a purpose. Right. And it's like, all calling is, is God calling you and, and you just got to be a, here. I am God. Yeah. Exactly. What do you want me to do now? And it's like, like when, so like, I like, I'm going to keep going on that. What you were saying. Like if my dad called me, I don't automatically just assume like, oh yeah. Okay. Now I get it. And it's like, it's a conversation. Yeah. And that conversation takes time to unfold. Yeah. And just cause that conversation takes time to unfold. So does our calling and what the purpose to our calling yeah. is.
0: So. And that can lead. And during that time, that, that's, you know, over time when you, you might understand immediate obedience more as the more like your dad texts you or whatever, yeah. right? If he continues to do it over and over and over again, you're going to be like, all right, I'm just going to do it. Like, I'm just going to immediately do what he's called me to do, you know, mm-hmm. Whether, whatever that is. So anyways, that was a, a tangent, but appropriate. <laughs> so going back into this, right? So uh, Elijah walks away. This is our choice. Um, it says, Elisha says, first, let me do this. Um, you know, it go, I, at first I thought this was kind of like conditional discipleship where it's like, first, let me go back and do this. Right. But as I was just looking at this now, Elisha's like, hey, hey, hang on. Like, let me go back and kiss my mother and father goodbye. And then I will come with you. And I was like, well, that's conditional, right? It's like, let me do what I want to do first. And Elijah says, Go back. He says, go back. What have I done to you? And to me, it hit me now where it's like Jesus, is, Jesus did the same thing. He's like, it's not conditional. It's like you want to go back because you want to tell people. You're like, I'm, going, I'm doing something new. I'm going forward. And so this is where we have the chance. To, to, and Jesus says, yeah, go back. What have I done to you? I've changed you. I've called you. I've anointed you. I've, I've drawn you out from the place where you were in despair like Elijah was. And I've, I've you know, made you new in a sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: David went back out to the field. Exactly. Go back. He's all covered in olive oil. God he walks d- out there in the field. <laughs> He's still covered. He's like. <laughs> He's like, all right, God, I'm anointed. Like,
0: Yeah. But
1: it, to that point, man. This is a whole different podcast said, you just brought up, thing. bro. Because yeah. that's so good. Because it's kind of like all of us. When we get promoted yeah. at work or anything or just get a you new go job, back. We go, not even that, but we go back to our families. And yeah, we're like, yo, yeah. I just got the job, you know? like, And then they're all like, oh, dope, you know? But I think in their context, like, like the, the disciples' parents and all that stuff and families were probably a little skeptical. They're like, all right, just like you have those family members who are a little yeah. hater. And you tell them, like, oh, God is calling me to do this. And they're like, all right, sure, we'll see. Yeah, or you can do it in a different and way. Then, yeah, and then. It develops, and then God does great things, and they're like through yeah. that. It's a it's a it's a sermon to your life st- your life, and your calling is a sermon unraveling itself to your family members absolutely. that you told
0: absolutely. Um, and then the last little bar- part, Bart. Last little part, um, says that Elisha burned everything, just like the disciples. It says he went. <laughs> hmm. I'm
1: sorry, that was a
0: okay. Hold up, right. <laughs> I. I- <sighs> They all end up dead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just to... <laughs> No, no I, I just, something just hit me. I, I'm sorry, guys. Like, we're trying to wrap up here, but there's just so much in this because <sighs> Elisha says he wants to go back. Why does he want to go back? He says, Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. The real reason why Elisha goes back is because he, he's like, I have to get rid of some things. I have to sacrifice to be fully committed to what I'm about to go into sacrifice it it, it requires that sacrifice (laughs) and elisha's sacrifice led to the feeding of many as our sacrifice to call to follow god leads to feeding of many spiritually Mm -hmm. so did elisha's when it says that um he burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate even then elisha's saying like this ain't about me like i'm giving what i have now for you guys and i'm gonna go actually do more and do more spiritual work as jesus told his disciples to do So, all right. That's it. I don't want to hear a joke, Dad jokes. Easy, I do. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for sticking with, with us through all of that and our tangents and everything. So um, if you guys have reached... Have, good Lord, my brain is just messed up. We're going to pray a prayer for salvation. <laughs> Y'all help me. We're going to pray a prayer for salvation for anyone who wants to dedicate their lives to Christ, to come to him and have that new life and be... And follow him and say, I'm gonna follow him as he's called me. Hmm. So I'm gonna pray this. Everyone, uh, you guys can repeat after me. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, I believe, I believe, I believe that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is, the son of God. is the Son of God. I believe He came for me. I believe He came, came for, me, for me, died for me, died for me and, rose again and rose again, just for me. Just for me. I'm choosing, I'm choosing to, follow Jesus to follow Jesus and make Him, and make him my him Lord and Savior. My Lord and Savior. Today is my new beginning, Today is my new beginning. In, Jesus in, Jesus in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen, 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 amen. Hey, if you guys just made that decision for the first time, we are celebrating with you because you have made the best decision of your life and we would love to hear from you. So you can send us an email. It's connection.podcast3 at gmail.com. For the the Trinity. (laughs) For the Trinity, that's right.
2: (laughs) Or hit us up in those DMs on Instagram, on the stories.
0: All that kind of stuff. Tag us. Tag us. Like, subscribe, comment. Leave some comments for us. Hey, if you guys have questions, let us know what we can talk about. We have some things lined up for this podcast, but we want to. We could take some time at the beginning to answer a few questions here and there. If or, you have a
2: series that you want us to do or like a ha- story yeah. of something. If you want us to talk we'll about
0: something it. weird, like we were, talk- we were talking about a weird story earlier, but like if you guys have anything you want us to talk about or uh, questions that we can maybe answer, maybe not. We'll see. Or if you want a
1: segment, you you guys want to see a... Oski bust a dance move. Go ahead, do it. Tell us. I think think that should be on this
0: one. (laughs) (laughs) Interpretive dancing with (laughs) Oski. Are there flags involved? (laughs) 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 All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you have a fantastic week. We love you all. Peace out.